I thought it was very, very important because there wasn't really any representation at all in the CrossFit community. Mm -hmm. And I was one of those kids growing up in the sport. Like I knew I was gay and I like didn't have anyone to look up to. I didn't have anyone Mm -hmm. to be like, this person's doing it. Like I can too. Mm -hmm. Um, So like a big reason why I decided to post it. I just, I, I, one, I wanted to like inspire people and like I wanted other kids and other people who are going through the same thing to realize that I'm the same person. I'm the same person that I was when I was like posting all the crazy gymnastics videos. Mm -hmm. I was the same person then when I qualified for the CrossFit games and like, yeah, it definitely took a lot of courage and like it was something I had wanted to do for a while. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think moving to New York and just surrounding myself with friends and with people who like 100% supported me and kind of like it's normalized in New York city, you know, like it's, yeah, people aren't afraid of and it just like just took took time in that environment for me to realize that like it could have such a positive impact on other people's lives and just like was a huge weight relief like Mm -hmm. off my shoulders too Hello and welcome to Pursuing Health. I'm Dr. Julie Fouché, family physician and former CrossFit Games athlete. Here, I bring you information and inspiration to help bridge the gap between fitness and medicine and support your journey toward your healthiest self. In this episode, I sit down with CrossFit Games athlete, Alex Smith. Now, Alec has been a staple in the sport since his first regionals appearance in 2013, and he first started doing CrossFit alongside his brother, Ben Smith, who you may know as the 10 times CrossFit Games athlete and legend in the sport. Alec is known for his expertise in gymnastics, as well as for being one of the first openly gay male athletes in the sport. Alec competed as an individual at the CrossFit Games in 2017 and 2018, and then took second place at the CrossFit Games on Team CrossFit Krypton in 2019. And in this conversation, we talk about some of his favorite competition moments, as well as how after a year or two of struggle and uncertainty, things are finally falling into place to set him up for a great 2021 season where he's training with a great group of people and great coaches in Nashville, Tennessee. We also spent some time talking about his experience of having the courage to make a hard decision to get outside his comfort zone a couple years ago, really find himself and come out to his family and the world, and how much happier he has been as a result. So I really enjoy talking with Alec, and there were so many things that I could relate to him on. I hope our conversation resonates with you as well. Before we dive into the episode, though, I do want to make it clear that this podcast is for general information only and does not provide medical advice. I recommend that you seek assistance from your personal physician for any health conditions or concerns. Now let's get started with the episode. Welcome to Pursuing Health. I'm super excited to be here with Alex Smith um, and so excited. I have so many questions uh, for you today, but I thought maybe the best place to start is just at the beginning of your story with sort of your background athletically growing up. I know you did a lot of gymnastics. We last saw each other at Power Monkey Camp where you were showing off a lot of your moves, but um, give us some background just on what things were like for you growing up. Yeah, so my family was um, a very athletic family. My parents kind of put us into a ton of different sports growing up and kind of like let us choose which ones that we liked and which ones we wanted to do. And uh, my brothers both chose baseball and I chose gymnastics. Mm -hmm. Um, So I started gymnastics when I was 
they put me in it when I was two. So I was like, Oh, wow. Yeah. Really, really young. That's really early. I started so late for a gymnast. I think I started when I was in maybe third or fourth grade. I was old. (laughs) Like you have to put your kids in like super early now for them to like be really, really competitive. Yeah. Um, But yeah, my parents put all of us in it. And I was like the only one of my siblings that kind of just like fell in love with it. Mm -hmm. And like, I looked forward to like practice every single day. So like, um, I did gymnastics, competitive gymnastics from like age six, like whenever I could start to about 12. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was 12, I actually got into a car accident, so I couldn't compete anymore. I had to get surgery on my shoulder. Um, mm-hmm. So did gymnastics up until I was about 12. And then like high school, I didn't really like find another sport like gymnastics that I kind of fell in love with. Um, so I played a bunch of different sports. Like I graduated high school with like 16 varsity letters. Oh, I didn't even know there was that many sports. (laughs) I played volleyball. Um, I swam and dove, mostly dove. I swam like one year and then I played tennis and ran track in the same season. So (laughs) like they kind of, I just kind of like, I love sports and I love being competitive. Um, So I just did like a ton of stuff growing up. Um, never really That's awesome st- that you like didn't let that competitive fire die after the car accident. Like I can see you probably being super bummed out, not being able to do gymnastics anymore with it being such a big part of your life, but you just put it into everything else. It sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. It was like one of those things that like, I knew I wanted to do some type of sport or some type of fitness growing up. Like that's just what I enjoyed. Like I didn't really enjoy school that much. Like I was a good student, but like mm-hmm. my heart really wasn't in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, my heart was always in a sport or like something that I was doing like physical um so yeah I just did like a ton of sports growing up and didn't like pick one that I liked I went into college and played volleyball in like my first semester okay. um, and then tore my ACL actually so like I went to play volleyball and then like my very first match my first game my first match tore my ACL so, oh my gosh <laughs> another one of those things where I like didn't really know what I wanted to do and at the time like Ben had competed at his first CrossFit game so this was mm-hmm. in 2010 so he competed mm-hmm. in so I knew what CrossFit was at the time, just never really like got myself into it and kind of like used it. Uh, ben was like, yeah, why don't you start squatting and lifting, get your legs stronger. So kind of like used it as a way to get my knee healthier mm-hmm. and uh, just like didn't go back to anything else and just kind of like fell in love with it at the time. And that was like 2010, that was so long ago. <laughs> wow. It's crazy that it's been that like 11 years. It's wild. No, it wow. Like- so, oh, go ahead. It like feels like forever ago, but at the same time, like doesn't feel like that long ago. It's hard. Right. (laughs) It is kind of crazy that you can think about, wow, it was a decade, over a decade ago. Um, So when you just, you know, you weren't going to be able to play volleyball anymore in college and you started doing CrossFit, um, was it, when did it turn from something that was like, oh, I'm just going to do this to get stronger and rehab my knee and maybe get back to playing other sports into, I want to make this my main sport or was it first just I'm going to do this to for fun and to stay in shape yeah so at first it was just for fun um I knew I had like nine months recovery ahead of me so like 2010-11 I kind of just like used it to get my legs stronger didn't really like put 100% effort into it and this was my first Mm -hmm. year in college so like I still wanted to like be a good college student and like focus on that um but then after I started getting healthier and like like, getting back to 100% it was kind of like one of those things where like um I don't know, like Ben introduced CrossFit to me and was like, hey, like I'm doing these muscle ups. And I was like, oh, I did those when I was a kid. All the time. <laughs> and so like, I kind of like felt like I already had kind of a step ahead with the gymnastics stuff. So like mm-hmm. I would always compete with Ben in those workouts and those workouts only. And like I didn't, <laughs> the barbell stuff or like the conditioning stuff. I was like, oh, I'll go do muscle ups and rope climbs with you. No yeah, yeah. 
And then um, I did my first open in 2012 and I did the burpees, the seven minutes of like burpees through Target. Yes. How could we forget that one? Like the worst thing I'd ever done in my life. (laughs) And like afterwards I was like, okay, like I really want to get better at CrossFit because I think that I could do really well in it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like I didn't, I didn't finish that open 2012, but that was kind of like the 2012 open is what motivated me to like train harder for 2013. And then 2013 was the first year I made regional. So that was kind of like the 2012, 13 area was like where I really put everything I wanted into it. Wow. And then you had your first regional experience in 2013. And mm-hmm. since then, I think you've competed pretty much every year since then, correct? Yeah. Uh, so I made it, I competed 13 up until um, 2014. I went team at regionals, mm-hmm. 15 individual, 16, 17, 18. And uh, then team. Yeah, then team again last year. I can't remember if that was 19 or 20. That was 19. 19. Yeah, I know they're all starting to blend together, especially the weird 1920 season is like <laughs> very confusing. Um, so you've had so many experiences as an individual and also on a team and you guys crushed it. Um, team Krypton take, you know, podiuming at the CrossFit Games. What are some of the moments, whether it's in training or in competition that stand out to you as like moments that, were really special or things that you're never going to forget? Oh my gosh, there's so many of them. I know. (laughs) Those are a lot of years. There's a lot of memories there. Honestly, the very first year I qualified for the games, like after that last event at regionals where like I made it, I I spent like maybe an hour just kind of like pinching myself Mm -hmm. and like wondering if it was real because I had (laughs) been training for four four years at the time to qualify for the games and like I had watched Ben at the games since 2010 and it was just like the most surreal feeling like I had ever felt Mm -hmm. Um, so definitely qualifying for my first uh, CrossFit games and then uh, last year on a team like that was so much fun for me Um, I was getting a little bit stressed just like competing individually like you Mm -hmm. know how stressful it is Um, it was like so good to have a team with me at the games and I kind of like fell back in love with the sport yeah Um, competing on a team at the games like to be more specific the sprint event last year Mm -hmm. um, we won that one and that was like I don't know it's just like the best feeling like just overcoming with emotions and so like like those two things I think are like the one and two for me that's amazing um I love that what what impact do you think you talked about how obviously it was very surreal the first time you made it to the games and you know, you had a very up close view to like what it took and seeing Ben go through it and compete at the games and seeing his training. Like what impact do you think that had on you um, being able to also be successful? A huge effect. Like if, if it weren't for Ben, I don't even think I'd be doing CrossFit right now. Um, I, I got to train with him like from the very, very start. So like, mm-hmm. obviously it's a very, very positive thing. And like seeing how hard he works and seeing the amount of effort and the amount of time you need to put into training like I knew what it took to get there and I had the time and I was young when I started so like he was like the best training partner you could ask for like he's been to the game (laughs) anybody else in the world right Um, so just like training with him and like growing up with him was like amazing and I think it for sure like has been like the number one thing that has led to my successes um at the same time it was also tough like it was very very (laughs) thing like every single workout and like having training partners that beat you in things because then it's like am I good enough like am I gonna do this um but like for sure it was amazing having him to train for and like living here like uh, I'm not back at home anymore so like I definitely miss training with them and training with the crew 
Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, just like having him there, like he for sure is the reason why I'm like where I'm at today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it makes such a difference for just to have, um, just have that insight. And also just to sort of normalize and see that like these people who make it to the games are normal people and they have good days and bad days. And like they train hard and they make the hard decisions when other people aren't. And just seeing those things every day, I think makes it more real. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's like Ben would have um, some of his friends come and train like other games athletes. So like being able to like meet and like meet all these games athletes like from like 2010 on, like it was it was cool to see that they're just like normal people. You know, a lot of people look at games athletes as like, I don't know, like these superheroes or these people who are just like so fit. But it's like the regular people is just the amount of work you put into it and like knowing what it takes and just having that confidence, like push yourself that hard. Um, so it's, it was definitely great to like grow up what grow up, like meeting and knowing the top level games athlete. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Surrounding yourself by the people who are doing what you want to do. It definitely, I think elevates us to, to be able to, to make it. Um, you mentioned how you were getting a little bit maybe burned out from individual competition. The team really sort of reinvigorated you were there, I mean, and you've been competing for a lot of years, your first regional is 2013. Other than that, which I guess maybe was like 2018 before you did team, were there time periods where you thought like, you know, maybe I don't want to do this anymore or question, like struggled with your motivation or things like that? Or did you just always know I'm going to go back year after year and I just love it? Um, So when I was first starting, when I was like really, well, when I was younger and like, wasn't really injured, didn't have any aches and pains and was just like Uh super motivated um I felt great and like never once thought like I don't want to do this this isn't what I want to do like this is too hard like Mm -hmm. I had those goals to like make the games and like win the games and I think 2018 was like a really really tough year for me personally Mm -hmm. um and that was kind of where I decided to move away from home and I lived in New York City for the year Mm -hmm. and a lot of things in my life that um changed and Mm -hmm. it was hard to put everything I had into training when I was like trying to find myself, trying to like figure out yeah. what I to do with my life, trying to figure out like who I wanted to be. Um, mm-hmm. So 2018 was a really tough year for me. And that was like, right, kind of like right when the games ended, the 2018 games ended and like leading into that season. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd still been training and I still wanted to qualify individually uh, for the games in 2019, but it wasn't like my number one priority. I knew that if I didn't like focus on myself and like didn't get my mental health right, that like mm-hmm. it wouldn't be worth it in the end. Um, and there were so many things I wanted to do and so many things that I wanted to try. And just like 2018 was just like a really, it was just a tough year, but it was a really, really good year full good of year. Yeah. 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 Transformational. Yeah. Exactly. I, uh, I feel like I can relate to that. And I think that's something that very normal that everybody goes through to some degree. Like I, for me, it was definitely uh, 2011, 12, where I'd been competing for a couple of years and then all of a sudden all this stuff was going on in in my life. And I had to stop and ask myself like, Whoa, who am I? Like, what do I really want? Why am I doing this? And, um, a lot of times it's very, it's a lot of emotional ups and downs that come with it. But once you ask yourself those questions and then you know, you know, like this is who I am, this is why I'm doing it and what I love, Mm -hmm. then it's so much more rewarding. Um, but definitely hard to go through. Can you elaborate any more on like what that time period was like for you and some of the things that were helpful for you and sort of like getting clarity? Yeah, for sure. Um, so like from a very young age, like I knew that I was gay. And so 
it wasn't like a thing that my family really like talked about growing up. Like my family's very like religious and conservative. Mm -hmm. It's just like a very tough thing for me to swallow. So I think I threw a lot of my focus and effort and time into training, Mm -hmm. into CrossFit, into school, into sports, um, whatever it was. But I kind of like reached a point where I was just so unhappy. Um, And like, I wasn't unhappy until until like 2016, 17, 18, like 18 was that year where I like, I just like reached a moment and I was like, I'm like, like, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? Like, do I want to living my whole entire life like this? Like, yeah, I would have reached a point where like, I just wouldn't have been able to take it anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. So I came out to my family in 2017 Mm -hmm. and then it was. So, so you said this whole time, like you knew from a young age, but like you had never really talk to your family about it just because of how you were afraid of how it would be perceived. Yeah. Wow. So that's a lot to live with for a long, long time. It was, it was also one of those things, like it was a lot to live with, but I, I just like pushed it so far under the rug that like, yeah. I mean, obviously I thought about it every day, but it was like one of those things where I'm like, I have this to do. I have like CrossFit to do. I can focus on CrossFit. I can like prove myself mm-hmm. qualifying for the CrossFit games and like being the fittest on earth. And, mm-hmm. um, just like reached the point where I was like, I can't do that anymore. Um, yeah. so yeah, 2018 is kind of where I let, or where I publicly, publicly came out. And so that's mm-hmm. when I moved away. So I've been living at home my whole entire life. I went to school 30 minutes away from my parents and from my gym. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was like the first time I had ever really been on my own. I'm um, done my yeah. own thing. And I'm just like, so grateful that it like only took a year to grow and to figure out who I am, figure out what I want. Um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes it takes people a very long time. Um, I mean, it took a long time leading up to that point. (laughs) Yeah. Here itself, I'm just like grateful. It only took that one year. And I'm like really, really, really happy where I'm at now. I'm like really focused. And like, I fell back in love with what I'm doing and like who I am. And I'm just so happy it only took a year. That's amazing. That's amazing. And to just to think about one, how much courage it took to like make that decision just to like be true to who you are and also go out on your own and answer these hard questions for yourself and and kind of figure out what's going on during that year. Were there things that like you said, you're grateful it only took a year, but were there things that you found were really helpful in figuring out like the people around you or things that you did that helped you work through it? For sure. Um, The number one thing for me was to getting like, was to get into an uncomfortable environment. Um, Mm -hmm. I was just so comfortable growing up because I had everything I needed and I'm so grateful for that but at the same time like I didn't like I think it it hit me like when I first started traveling for CrossFit competitions and like seeing different places and meeting different people and learning about different cultures I think that's kind of when my mind started opening up and I started Mm -hmm. to realize there's so much more um to life than like just the little bubble that I was living in Mm -hmm. Um, and like moving to New York and like surrounding myself with like-minded people with people who like 100% supported me and like we're comfortable talking about things and like I opened up to a lot of people there and just like I surrounded myself with people who loved me you mm-hmm. know like not that my family doesn't love me they love me so much like I'm yeah. not that. <laughs> um, it's just very different because um, I'm able to just like be open and be myself like yeah in a place in New York City and in a place like with friends um so like that was number one for me is just like putting myself into an environment that um, made sense for me and made sense for like who I was Mm -hmm. and who I am. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, yeah, it was just like, just like surrounding yourself with people that are like, like like-minded, I think is the the best thing to do. Yeah, for sure. This is um, really hitting close to home for me right now too, because 
Um, just, and by the time this podcast comes out, I will have talked more about it on social media, but I also just recently went through a time period of realizing like, I wasn't really living in a way that was true to myself and it causes like, you can push it down for so long and you realize that, um, there's a lot of like, as much as you think, like you can focus on these other things. Like for me, it was like school and CrossFit and all this, that other stuff, but eventually it bubbles up and you realize like, okay, this isn't really true to myself and like me living the best life that I can possibly live. And it's scary to go out and make those decisions, like, you know, putting yourself in an uncomfortable situation, but usually when you do, it's scary and it might, there might be a lot of like pain and confusion along the way. But once you do, I can already, like, I can just tell from talking to you, you are so happy in your life and like comfortable in who you are. And I feel like that's been true for me too. Um, And true for so many people, no matter what situation they're in, like, there's a lot of things that we probably know that's that are true deep down in our heart, but we make excuses for it or we like get busy with other stuff. So we don't have to think about it. Um, but once we deal with it, it kind of sets us free and gives us a lot of, um, yeah, freedom. Yeah, for sure. I think a big thing is just like how you were raised and grown up. Like I was, I was raised to be like this perfect straight A student, mm-hmm. um, white picket fence, like married with kids by age yeah. <laughs> takes a time in someone's life to realize that not everybody's life is like that and like some people it takes it takes longer than others but like once Mm -hmm. you realize that like everybody is so different and like you need to live your life the way you should be living it that's when like things really change so true so true and it's so hard in the world today especially like when you are surrounded by a certain environment where there are certain you know expectations that you think um and especially with social media too I mean there's great things about social media where you know, you get to see a lot of different people in the way they live their lives, but it's not always showing everything that's going on under the surface. And um, yeah, it's just, I'm the same way. I'm just grateful that I've been able to have some of these realizations now and not, you know, 10, 20 years from now. So yeah, yeah. I didn't really be 10 years down the road and like regret a decision right. that I didn't make now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good for you. Um, also when you said, I can't remember what time you said, but when you came out publicly, you had an amazing video that you posted that was very like raw and emotional and got picked up by Ellen and, you know, everyone in the CrossFit community was talking about it and it was super powerful. Um, why was that something that was important to you? Because I think a lot of people would say like, you know, you don't necessarily need to come out publicly like that, but I think that it had a huge impact on so many people and, probably took a lot of courage for you to do it. So why was it something that was important for you? And then what was, you know, what was it like and what was the response? For sure. Um, yeah. So I, I had, to, I had a few friends that I've known since about like 2015, 16. Um, so I knew that it, it wasn't something that I needed to do. Mm-hmm. I, like, I didn't need to post about it. I didn't need to like say anything to anyone. We're at like a time where like it is more normalized, but there's so much, like the road is so much longer. There's so much more that mm-hmm. can be normalized. Mm-hmm. Um, but the main thing and the main reason why I wanted to like one, just like for myself, like I had a big following at the time and like I have a big following in the CrossFit community. Um, I thought it was very, very important because there wasn't really any representation at all in the CrossFit community. Mm-hmm. And I was one of those kids growing up in the sport. Like I knew I was gay and I like didn't have anyone to look up to. I didn't have anyone mm-hmm. to like, this person's doing it like I can too. Mm-hmm. Um, so like a big reason why I decided to post it. I just, I, I, one, I wanted to like inspire people and like, I wanted 
other kids and other people who are going through the same thing to realize that like I'm the same person I'm the same person that I was when I was like posting all the crazy gymnastics videos Mm -hmm. I was the same person then when I qualified for the CrossFit games um and like yeah it definitely took a lot of courage and like it was something I had wanted to do for a while um Mm -hmm. and I think moving to New York and just surrounding myself with friends and with people who like 100% supported me and kind of like it's normalized in New York City you know like it's yeah people aren't afraid of and it just like just took took time in that environment for me to realize that like it could have such a positive impact on other people's lives Mm -hmm. um and just like was a huge weight relief like Mm -hmm. off my shoulders too um so those were like the two main reasons that's amazing that's amazing and then what were I mean was it scary to to post it and then what was what was the response after you did yeah so I it was very scary Um, yeah and I just like turned my phone off like Mm -hmm. I didn't I I turned my phone off like went to bed um I didn't open my phone until like middle of the day the next day Mm -hmm. um just knew that there were going to be a lot of like texts and phone calls and comments Mm -hmm. Uh, stuff like that and when like I did open my phone and like read everything I was just like I I can't really like explain that feeling Mm -hmm. Um, just like the support from the CrossFit community and like from all of like the CrossFit athletes like the support from like people that I didn't even like know like people that I don't personally know but I like I knew who they were like reaching Mm -hmm. out um I honestly didn't think it was going to be that big of a like of a reaction like I knew that there were going to be like negative comments and like uh, I just didn't realize how many positive comments there were going to be um mm-hmm. yeah it was it was a, an amazing feeling I don't really know how to describe it mm-hmm. well, pretty surreal that's incredible well, I know it took a lot of courage and I'm so glad you did and I know that I I mean I know that it's helped so many people and just for you know upcoming crossfitters or crossfit athletes to have role models like you can really change a person's life you know it can change the way that they think about what's possible for themselves. So thank you for doing that. I'm glad you did. Thank you. It, it feels weird to think of myself in that position, but yeah, I'm just, I'm glad people have someone to look up to, someone to like mm-hmm. know that it's possible to do, to qualify, mm-hmm. you know? For sure, for sure. Okay, so on that note, well, let's go back to your training. So you had an amazing year in 2019 with the team. And then we had this crazy 2020 season, which was so unexpected and different formats and all kinds of crazy stuff. Talk us through what happened for you during 2020 and then your decision to move to Nashville. And then we'll get into kind of where things are at now. So 2020 yeah, was a crazy year. Um, so I was training to qualify back for the games individually. And uh, the Open's not my strong suit. I've never been good at the Open. I'm not an Open athlete. I'm definitely mm-hmm. more of an athlete. Um, I think I finished 60 around 60th place in the open. So like I didn't qualify straight for the games from there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was training for sanctionals. I competed at a lot of Palooza and like I had a plan to, I had like four, I think sanctionals planned out for the year. Mm-hmm. Um, flew out to Australia, competed in one of the Australia sanctionals. And right after that had happened, everything shut down. Like mm-hmm. I, I remember almost being like stuck in Australia, like, Oh my gosh. Get a plane out of <laughs> That's scary. Yeah. Um, so like my plan was to qualify for the games individually, it just like wasn't in the books for me that year. Mm-hmm. Um, which honestly was like a really good thing looking back on it. I, I had like a lot 
more time to like at the time in Australia, like I was single and I had like all of these plans and like wanted to like, do all these competitions. And like, yeah. um, once COVID hit, it was just like one of those things where I could like take a step back and like mm-hmm. reassess like what I wanted to do with the year. Cause I knew that like mm-hmm. 2020 was out of the picture. Um, and I actually like, I'm in a relationship now and it was one of those things that like COVID brought us together. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't think it would be something that's happening now if it weren't for COVID, if it weren't for like the quarantine and everything. Mm-hmm. And, like, um, Cause we kind of like quarantined together. So we spent so much time together. Yeah, it's a great way to get to know people real quick. <laughs> yeah, sure. and, like I think just after like the first couple months um, it just like made us really, really close really quickly and made mm-hmm. us realize that like, if we can be together during quarantine where we're like <laughs> throats and like, you know, like anything yeah. together for a while. So it really like, um, strengthened our relationship and like, mm-hmm. it was just like, I, I think 2020 was like the best year of my life just because I met Riley. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just like, and yeah, I'm just like very, very happy that, I, that like, we were able to like spend that time together and like get to know each other. That's amazing. Yes. I mean, COVID has been a huge pain in the butt, but there's been so many hidden blessings in it for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you decided to move to Nashville. So where did that come from? You were previous to that. Were you still in New York? So um, flying back from Australia, I had like a month left in my lease in New York. And mm-hmm. like at the time it was kind of like a hot spot, like don't go to yeah. New so I flew from Australia to uh, Minnesota and cause that's where Riley's from. Okay. So I flew to Riley and he mm-hmm. had a lake house um, in Minnesota that we like quarantined in. Like, okay. Two. Got it. Yeah. So we were like, at that time it was like, no one really knew anything about the virus. Like uh, we just knew not to like be around like a lot of people. So we yeah. just like, quarantined in this lake, his lake cabin, which was like, there was just snow everywhere. And it was just like, it was that's really- a much better place to be than New York. I would say. <laughs> Um, so I just like I got uh, movers to go and put my New York stuff into a storage unit uh, just mm-hmm. because I didn't want to be in the city with COVID and everything so we just like quarantined his lake house but um yeah so I was I was in New York last year but like all I have all my stuff now just like mm-hmm. didn't go back after Australia got it yeah COVID um and then at some point you decided hey I'm gonna move to Nashville there's people to train with there it looks like a good environment I knew there was a second part to the question I just like (laughs) um so after uh we spent time in Minnesota we decided I have a house oh I had a house in North Carolina where um I was living before I moved to New York and I was renting it out at the time and the people that were renting it like literally just moved out um Riley and I both went down to my house in North Carolina and kind of like quarantined ourselves there for a couple more months Mm -hmm. um and so I was in North Carolina at the time and decided to sell my house. Um, so I sell, sold my house and uh, was actually living with my parents for a month. And mm-hmm. so like during this whole time, I was kind of like trying to figure out where I wanted to live. Like I knew I didn't want to um, live in Virginia mm-hmm. and I, knew I didn't want to go to New York and I didn't really know where I wanted to go. Um, mm-hmm. And I kind of decided at that time, because this was about like four or five months into spending like every second together. We, <laughs> we knew we wanted to be together um, mm-hmm. and we didn't, we didn't know where that was going to be. Like, we didn't know if we wanted to live like in Virginia or Minnesota where like he's from and I'm from, like we mm. knew it, we didn't want to live at either of those places. Okay. Um, and Brooke had like just told me that she's moving to Nashville and we knew like Will was here and like we had a gym to train at. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of like, we both wanted to 
live in a warmer location too. Like he's from Minnesota where it's cold. I was just in New York where it was like very cold. Yeah. Um, so we just kind of like landed on Nashville. We knew, like, I knew that I was going to have like Brooke and Will, um, as training partners and street Mm -hmm. too. And he he can work from home so he can kind of like be anywhere. Um, and like he knew he wanted to be somewhere warm and like he wanted to be in a bigger city. Um, so we just like kind of fell on Nashville, kind of like all came together into one. So not like one main reason, just like a lot of small, a lot of little things. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Made it it. all worked out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's great. And so I know you, the whole group trained with Brooke through, you know, her game season and we're great training partners pushing her. And now it sounds like you've all decided to join on with Shane or and do his programming, the proven programming. So talk to us about that. Like, what has it been like? Like, how do you guys all decide? Is Tia there training with you? Um, I'm so curious about all of it. Yeah. So, um, like moving to Nashville, like that wasn't even like, no, it wasn't even any, like the back of anybody's heads. We, that wasn't a plan or anything like that. We like just knew we wanted to train together. Mm -hmm. Um, like leading up to the games training with Brooke, like we all just got along really well. Like the vibes were just like really, really good. Mm -hmm. And, um, after the games had ended, uh, Brooke like made it, made a switch. Like her and Tia got really close to the games and it was just like one of those things that, um, just kind of like came together like for mm-hmm. everybody because um, I know Tia and Shane they're uh, planning on moving to Nashville I think that okay. they, um, mm-hmm. so uh, they're in Korea right now bobsledding or bobsledding I think I think yeah Bob's, yeah bobsled yeah yeah uh, <laughs> one like, of those winter sports <laughs> yeah exactly uh, Brooke wanted to like a, a change in pace of programming so her and Tia just became really close and mm-hmm. it just like was a great choice for her um, so like Brooke decided to join Proven with Tia and with Shane and Tia mm-hmm. and Shane had come down to like train with us for a little bit before all of this happened. Mm-hmm. And I know that Shane wanted to take on new athletes. And so Proven decided to add a couple coaches and a couple more athletes to the roster. Mm-hmm. And so it just made sense because we're all going to be together. We wanted to be doing the same thing. We wanted to be yeah. training together. Um, so it all just like came together perfectly. And so now um, we're doing proven programming, which has been great. It's been really tough. <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> some days are like six or seven hours in the gym. Um, wow. Some days are shorter, but yeah, it's been good. I, I just know I'm going to be very, very fit this year. And I know mm-hmm. that I'm going to be happy this year. And mm-hmm. it's just been really, really great training with them. There's just like really good chemistry between all of us. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be a great year. I think there was something else I was going to say, but I don't remember. <laughs> That's okay. No, it's, it's amazing to see how all these pieces are coming together, you know, mm-hmm. like not planned unexpectedly, but just being in the right place, the right people around you, um, really ready to sort of take off on this season. It's going to be it. We have a really good feeling about this year. All of us do. It's like, it's yeah. good for all of us, you know, it's good to have, um, top of athletes pushing each other every day. Like, I feel like if you're training by yourself and you don't have that push, it's almost like impossible to, to like be at that next level, you know, like Mm -hmm. really, really hard to do it on your own. 100%. Yeah. So much easier when you have people around you pushing you. Um, I've never had a coach before. So like, I've never had, like, I've just always trained with Ben. I've always done Ben's programming. So this is like the first year that I will like have a coach and like have Mm -hmm. a program to follow and somebody to talk to. So like, and I'm the type of person that like does really, really well with a coach and with people mm-hmm. to talk to. Um, Ben's so good at like just doing his own thing. Like that's yeah. what that, where it's like very opposites when it comes to that. 
Um, so yeah, it's, it's good to have like someone to like talk to about programming and about workouts and about mm -hmm. how like this went wrong or how this went well. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I'm just like excited to like have someone like in my corner, like as a coach this year, it's always mm -hmm. just been like a friend, um, or just like somebody that I know with my coaches past. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's huge. I was the same way. I always really preferred to have a coach and someone that I knew they could kind of take that on their plate and I would just follow instructions. <laughs> um, that was always how I liked to do it and worked well for me. So, yeah, it's like, um, I have something I'm like, check, check, check. Yeah. Have it in front of me. I'm like, uh, 30 muscles for time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, let me just do the stuff I really like. Yeah. <laughs> so true. So true. So what do you, what would you say is a typical day? Like for you now, you said you're at the gym for six or seven hours, but Take us through what that's like. Yep. Um, so normally, I guess it depends on the day of the week, but Mondays like today, um, woke up at eight. We train from like nine to 12.30 and then we'll have like an hour, an hour and a half where we'll break for lunch and then we'll train again from like two to four-ish. So usually mm -hmm. Mondays and Tuesdays are um, double sessions, um, which is like kind of normal for most top level CrossFit Games mm -hmm. athletes. And then um, we have active recovery days on Thursday, which is like usually an hour to two hours of some type of cardio. Mm -hmm. And then Sundays we have completely off. Um, so it's, it's basically like the, the active recovery days are tough. Like they're not easy. Yeah. It's just like, it's <laughs> like you're mentally like in it from Monday to Saturday. And then like Sunday's kind of like the day where I will literally play, like sit on the couch and like play Pokemon for like hours. Like I will. Yes. <laughs> I won't get on my phone. Like I like won't do anything. It's just like, let my brain like just completely relax. Just shut um, up. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's been really, really tough so far, but it's been really, really good. That's great. Um, anything in particular that you do for nutrition or recovery or otherwise that you've found to be really helpful through all these years? Yeah. So nutrition's one thing that I've, I've tried just about everything. I'm, I'm kind of like, well, I was one of those people like growing up in the sport, like I just ate whatever I wanted to, whenever I wanted to. And like, mm -hmm. I never thought about like, I want to look this certain way or I want to like look like that. It was always mm -hmm. just like, I needed food because I wanted to put on weight. Like I was a smaller athlete when I first started. So I've always wanted to put on weight. And um, the first year that I actually started uh, counting macros was 2017. And that was the year that I qualified for the games. And so that was like the first year where I kind of like, Try, like I, I wanted to learn I wanted to know like what was going into my body um because I know that's so important and like mm -hmm. I just realized I wasn't eating enough like carbs I was eating a lot mm -hmm. of food but it was like it wasn't food that was great for me mm -hmm. um so 18 2017 18 were like years where I learned a lot about nutrition and I tried a lot of different things um I tried paleo I tried keto I tried high carb diet high fat diet like a bunch yeah. of things <laughs> like I, I just like found for myself that like high carb diets work for me and so mm -hmm. I just like, that's one thing that I like focus on. So like, I, I don't really count macros right now, but like, I know kind of what my body needs. Um, so like, I just know that I need to eat carbs, whether it's like rice or like pasta or like whatever it is, mm -hmm. I, I just try to get carbs in. Um, but that's one thing I do want to like dial into leading up to the season mm -hmm. is like, making sure I get like what I need. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, nutrition is, is super important. It's like one of those things that like a lot of people don't think too, too much about, but like, it can make a huge difference. And I love how you talked about doing all the sort of self-experimentation with all these different things to figure out what worked best for you. I, yeah. I, so I, I tried doing vegan too in uh, yeah. 
um because I like watch I think a lot of people watch that documentary and so like I like took a body composition test and like this is just me I'm not saying like it's not great for everybody Mm -hmm. before I started and like one month later and like on a vegan diet so like I wasn't counting macros so I like could have been eating so many more fats than proteins or whatever um but like I stayed the same weight I had lost like five pounds of muscle and like just gained like seven pounds of fat or something like that yeah I was all like just through the test that I took and like I it was just like so mind-blowing to me just like Mm -hmm. diet and like what you put into your body plays a factor on like your body composition like even like my training stayed the same like I wasn't Mm -hmm. training differently um Mm -hmm. yeah that was kind of like a big eye-opener for me and like made me realize like what you put into your body is like super important for sure and I love what you said about doing the like the before and after and getting objective data about it right because it's one thing to know like oh I think I feel better in training or you know I you know I like how this diet feels but you're actually looking at what okay my body composition my muscle mass went down and that's not something that I want if I want to be stronger so I'm going to adjust and so looking at objective data like that can be super helpful. Yeah. I, I like looking at the numbers, but like at the same time, numbers kind of stress me out. So it's a weird, That's true. weird <laughs> between numbers. <laughs> That's true. Yes. <laughs> I agree with that. Um, anything for recovery that you love to do on like your Sundays while you're playing Pokemon or your active rest days? Yeah. Uh, just like mobility. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not a very mobile person. Like a lot of people think I am because of gymnastics, but like mm-hmm. I'm very tight. And so like, if I <laughs> if I don't stretch for at least like 20 or 30 minutes a day, like uh-huh. I can feel it the next day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Things like I hate stretching. Like I literally like hate it, but I try to at least stretch for like 15 to 20 minutes a day. Um, mm-hmm. And is that something you normally that, do like at the gym before, after workouts or like at home? Yeah, or, like, yeah. I should stretch on Sundays, but like, again, it's just like the, <laughs> where like, I just don't want to do anything. Yeah. So yeah like every other day of the week I do. So it's like, once I finish training, I'll like go upstairs and I'll stretch for like 20 minutes or I'll like go straight home and stretch. Cause if I don't do it, like right after training, I like, mm-hmm. like yeah, once I'm sure. training for the day, like I'm done for the day, you know, like yeah. I won't do it at like eight or nine at night before I go to bed. Um, so I just like try to stretch at least for like 20 or 30 minutes a day. Um, I have like supplements that I take every day. Um, yeah. Other than that, like not too much like pops into mm-hmm. my head recovery just like stretching and supplements cool yeah well um like I said it sounds like so many things have come together for you this season and I'm really excited to see how you do and um what what would you say would be the thing that you are most excited about right now or most looking forward to this year crossfit related anything (laughs) you can Uh, say multiple things if you want (laughs) I'm excited to see how this season's going to be structured. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they've released like a little bit of data about it, but like, I'm not really, like, we still don't really know exactly how it's going to be set out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited to see how this, this season sets out. Like I miss traveling so much. And like the one thing I loved doing, like was just going to different cross events, just like meeting people and like yeah. competing and just like, that's what like I miss so much. So like, I, I really hope that this summer or that, they have like those in-person sanctional, yeah. I don't know if they're going to be called sanctional events, but I hope they have like crossroad events this mm-hmm. summer to go to. Um, I'm just like looking forward to seeing how I do this year. Cause I just like, I, I don't know. I like, I, I really want to do well. Um, but it's like also one of those things I can't think about too much or else it'll stress mm-hmm. me out. Sure. Um, yeah. I think like this year, I just like, I'm hoping things get back to how they were pre COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So that's kind of like, I really hope that happens. For sure. I think everyone in the CrossFit community is hoping that. I think, you know, the community is what makes it so special and what connects so many people across the world through CrossFit. And so it's so hard not to be able to like make those real in-person connections right now. So I think we're all hoping for that this year, hopefully soon. Um, All right. Well, I want to start wrapping up. So there's three questions I ask everyone at the end of the podcast. The first one is what are the three things that you do on a regular basis that have the biggest positive impact on your health? Gosh, Um, I usually will wake up and like set a goal for myself that day. Uh Um, It's like, I see the programming and it's like, a workout that I like hate the movements for like it's a mm-hmm. workout I like really just like don't want to do I'll just like set a goal for myself to like push hard on that workout mm-hmm. um so it's like I'll, I'll try to look at like the negative part of training and like try to flip it into a positive when I'm going mm-hmm. to gym like, when I'm like in training mode um like just spending I guess like just like when like Ryle and I are watching Netflix like mm-hmm. I just like make sure to spend time with him. Um, yeah. Like he makes me really happy. And that's like my favorite part of the day. It's just like yeah. sitting and watching TV with him. Um, that's like more so mental health, I guess. Yeah. Both of those things. I think like trying to have a positive attitude, even about things that maybe you're not looking forward to and surrounding yourself, like spending t- quality time with the people you care about. They're so important. Yeah. Um, and your mental health does affect your physical health. <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. Um, third thing. I guess I would say like there, I at least try to talk to um, my mom like once a day. So like mm-hmm. texting or like a FaceTime call, like whatever it is, Instagram message, she responds to, like most of my Instagram stories anyway. That's like, awesome. I'd like, be in like communication with like my mom or like someone. Mm-hmm. Like, I love it. I love it. Is there something that you think would have a big impact on your health, but you have a hard time implementing it or something you haven't tried yet? Um, I guess it's hard now, but like, I guess putting like myself out there and like meeting new people, mm-hmm. um, one thing that I'm not that great at, I kind of like, like, I'm kind of like stuck in my bubble and like how things yes. are, like a routine, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's hard with COVID cause you can't really like go out and meet people now. But like, that's like one thing that Ryan and I want to do is just like meet more people and like mm-hmm. um, have more connections here. And it's so easy to be like, yeah, let's just not do something tonight. Let's just stay. Right. In but um, I think it's so important to like, have relationships with people and like not just like be stuck in your like rut or like stuck in the same exact thing every day um meeting new people and just like like forming relationships that's Mm -hmm. one thing that I kind of struggle with that I try to do better at and like what I hope to do better at um once COVID like stops yeah that's a great one and like you said before putting yourself sort of out of your comfort zone Mm -hmm. once in a while and then you know who knows what will develop from people that you may meet right yeah all right last question is what does a healthy life look like to you honestly just like happiness um mm-hmm. I know it's not corny but it's like so important and it really is and it's like you just have to surround yourself with people that make you happy um yeah sure like when you say healthy you think of like a six-pack abs and like muscles and stuff but like those people might not be happy and like if yeah. those aren't happy then they're not living a healthy life um mm-hmm. I'll just say, yeah happiness that's such a great point I love it it's a perfect note to end on well Thank you so much for spending this time with me. This has been great. And um, for sharing so much of your story, the great parts and the struggles, because I think so many people can relate to that too. And I'm just excited to see all these pieces coming together for you and for you to really be thriving this season and to watch what you do. So thank you so much, Alex. 
Yeah, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoy listening to the podcast, please consider subscribing and giving it a five-star rating on iTunes. It really does help to get the word out to more people. 